Hi there, you're listening to the Simp Investing Podcast, where we discuss everything and anything finance or business related. Simp stands for Simplified, Integrity, Meaning, and Prudence. And you can find us on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. And don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram at Simp Investing. So just a disclaimer before we officially begin, we would like to put out that the information and content discussed does not constitute financial advice and serve for only educational or entertainment purposes only. Hi everybody, welcome to the podcast. Uh, on today's episode, we have Jerry Tan here. So thank you, Jerry, for coming. Uh, so let me tell you about this guy. This guy, uh, by day, is a financial advisor at an independent advisory firm. And by night, he's a Web3 enthusiast and devils in uh, some stuff, which he will share about. Okay, so welcome, Jerry, to the show. Um, I guess the first question for you, Jerry, is um, you uh, give us give the context, give the audience, um, introduce yourself and how, how you got to this point. Yeah. Hey, hi, guys. Uh, nice to meet you all. Uh, thank you very much for actually having me on the SIN podcast. Um, actually, Jonathan, just want to ask, uh, what do you mean by how do I reach here? When you ask that question. Okay, <laughs> okay. so how, how, how do you go out. from how do you go from graduating school, for example, to becoming a financial advisor and then also doing Web3? Concurrently ah, and stuff. Okay, yeah. okay. So it's like like um like a PLDR yeah. version of my life story. Like. Okay, okay. Yeah. Understand. So actually I did not uh, graduate university. So for me myself, after I, I left the army uh, in the Singapore Armed Forces in twenty eighteen, right? I immediately uh, started work. Yeah, so I've been an advisor. This is my fifth year in the industry now. And I think being a finance enthusiast, I mean you like to trade stocks, you, you like to do uh, uh, FX, uh, foreign currency. Then you you start to your attention starts to shift lah when you see there are opportunities where you can make money, something like that you know because wherever attention goes money flows right I mean that's what mm. the code that everybody uses, uh then I think we stumble upon NFTs, yeah Web three, then I'm pretty much into the game for quite a bit already lah yeah. Okay, can um, I guess can you tell us more about the. Uh, to be honest, I, I I really don't know anything about insurance or like I suck at it. So can, can you educate the audience on like um, like the financial consulting you do or is it advisory? Like what exactly, how do you add value to the customer, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Mm, understand. Okay, no worries. I mean, whatever I say over here uh, doesn't constitute as financial advice now. But then when we talk about insurance itself, uh, so maybe if I were to give it an overarching, I think it's the, the, the purpose, purpose of it and, and the users of it. I think number one is uh, the purpose. Lah. I mean, you never know what's going to happen to you. I think the insurance itself is really more of like an umbrella so that when it umbrella for you, when it rains, right, they get, you get covered up quite well. Lah. Yeah. It's just like in the event, if let's say it's raining, you do not want to get wet, right? So insurance uh, uh, provides that, that shelter and, and um, blockage for you. Yeah. In the event, if let's say, if you were to hit a rainy day or something like that. Same, because like in the event, if something were to happen, a uh, lump sum of money may potentially come out if let's say you are able to claim. And this amount of money can actually replace your income to make your life easier. Mm. I think that's the whole entire purpose of insurance. I mean, we're not going into the schematics of the different kinds of insurance today, but uh, there's an overarching purpose now of why, why people uh, actually look, look into insurance. Yeah. Actually, uh, I do have some friends, right, where usually when they discuss, when they talk to each other, they usually say, like, is insurance, like, a must-need? Like, do I do I even need it? Like, 
So, mm-hmm. is, is it is it very, very important to have or is it a must-have or is, is it something like, you know, good to have but you don't necessarily need it to survive or, uh, you know, mm. yeah. Okay. I mean, if let's say uh, we were to compare to uh, uh, maybe like few, like decades back, uh, yeah, definitely insurance wouldn't be the top of our priority and concern because we are all um, wanting to take care of our three basic needs, I guess, your food, your water, your shelter, things like that. But past that, right, I think this is when we need to do a bit of, uh, we need to leverage on some things. Uh, because in the past, if let's say we do not have a lot of active income, we are unable to spend on things that can potentially help us financially. So for example, when we talk about insurance, right, why I say it actually even helps you, right, is because in the event if something were to happen to you, unless you have a lump sum of cash uh, 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 in your bank account, you would be exposed to, to high medical bills and that would erode your wealth away. Yeah. But if let's say you have like maybe like $10 million in your, in your bank account, I mean, you don't really need insurance. Lah. But then actually smart business people, right, they do leverage on insurance as well. Because for example, um, maybe let's say they have a wealth of $10 million. Let's, let's use the same example. And then you use a million dollars to get maybe another coverage of up to uh, five to six million. Yeah. That just means that by using $1 million, your life is now worth $16 million in total. Yeah. So instead of just having $10 million for you to leverage on, you have $16 million in the event if anything were to happen to you. Lah. Yeah. So that's the whole entire purpose of insurance and why business people is uh, leveraging on it as well because you are just trading the ROI, from, uh, trading the ROI lah, basically. Is there a specific type of insurance that you specialize in like uh, personal key man, like professional B2B, is there something specific or like can sell anything? I mean, for me personally, uh, okay, I don't exactly have a specialization because I do serve uh, clients from different walks of life. Lah. So I mean, I have clients who are like business people, uh, clients who are higher net worth, clients who are uh, 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 your layman, the mass market. Yeah, so, so it doesn't really matter. Mm. Okay, understood. Can I just ask, right? Because obviously everybody's journey is different. I, I know at the start, obviously it's like uh, effing difficult lah, to get leads and get attention and stuff, right? So can you kind of share like the the business side of it? Like how, how do you actually go through the marketing? How do you actually get leads this way? Like at the start, is it word of mouth? Then how do you scale that lead flow such that you are, you're not really worried about where the next lead is coming from? If that makes sense. Okay. Mm, it does. Uh, so with regards to that, right? I think I'm very, ble- very, very, very blessed. Yeah. Because, I mean, if I have to recount, right, uh, back when I first started, I was 21 years old. So, uh, at that point in time, when we look into things, uh, um, definitely my organic leads, uh, the people around me, my friends and the people around me, they are unable to, to buy any form of insurance or, or things like that. Reason being because they are just not working. Yeah. So, I come from a JC background. JC basically means a junior college background. Uh. Then, uh, for me to not go to university is already a big, uh, it's a big thing. Yeah, and afterwards, not going to to sorry, going to financial advisory was even a bigger thing. But sorry, Branson, you're saying something. Oh no, I was just like saying, uh, yep, <laughs> agreeing. <laughs> what were you saying? Okay, 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 okay. No worries. Uh, but with regards to that, uh, let me think. Uh, how how did the lead flow entire start? Yeah, I yeah. Think yeah. Start how how did you journey. acquire? Yeah, yeah. Mm, I think I was quite thankful because uh, uh, I think I came with the mindset of sharing because. Uh, when I first started out, okay, for, for myself, for my company, right, we don't do any uh, cold calls, we don't do any roadshows, we don't do any form of marketing. 
So basically, how we go through it is really through organic. Lah. So at the very start of my career, uh, um, I went to speak to my friends and share with them, uh, is it possible for me to share like a concept for you? But then uh, their immediate thinking was like, hey, am I going to buy anything or things like that, right? Yeah, so I, I have to assure them, lah, I mean, if I sell you anything, then the friendship is over. I mean, that's how I put it. Lah, because at that point of time, I just really wanted practice, right? And yeah. and through the end of the session, if let's say they really see the value of the work that I do, then um, you don't need to buy anything, but rather recommend me friends for me to speak to, to share with them more about the work that I'm doing. And that's it. Yeah. And that's how I managed to grow uh, my, my business from the very start. Okay. How, how do you scale deep flow? <laughs> I don't know if it's too marketing related, mm, but like okay. I come from a marketing background, right? so I know for a fact organic yeah, yeah. works in your network, then to actually yeah. do a real business, you need to scale it. So how do those? Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Honestly speaking, right? I mean, when we talk about uh, scaling of lead flow, I mean, there are people who say they run ads, uh, things like that, right? I mean, to, to, to pay some money to get, uh, to get leads in. I think it depends on how you look at it. For, for me, myself, we don't do that much of a scaling of a lead flow. But then uh, what I do is, um, I mean, I do have clients who give me consistent leads, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say that, yeah. Mm, like okay, quality so, so, business yeah. also. Mm. Okay, so ex- like extreme organic. word of mouth, yeah. you would say? Extreme word of mouth, yes. I think, <laughs> okay. uh, uh, afterwards, because uh, I do some form of marketing on my social media, right? I think that serves as a form of authority for for my friends to, to or my clients to actually share with the people around them about the work that I do. So it's like my testimonial, you know. Yeah, yeah, but it's not really more organic. No, no running of ads, no running of leads. Yeah, no running of any form of campaigns now. When you say social media, do you mean Instagram or like what's? Yeah, 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 Instagram. Okay. Instagram mainly. Understand. Reason, sorry. Yeah. Uh, actually, I have. Uh, I mean, it's more like of a personal question. Like, you know, mm. the your your journey you've been through. It. I think it's pretty not easy. I think you're facing the stigma of dropping out, going to financial advisory. Do. You, how how do you, what drives you, you know like what what motivates what, you to what, what motivates you to keep on pressing on? I know you know, uh, I, I mean in your business you face a confirm face a lot of rejections, and also at the same time uh, you you always like you know at the back of your mind like, I pro- probably I think you will have the the feeling of like am I making the right choice because you you know you actually like you drop out this is a big very very big major life decision, so I want to understand Definitely. what actually drive drives you every day man. Understand. I mean, uh, there was a point of time after I dropped out of university, right? I mean, I was quite formal also. Lah. But I see all my friends enjoying like their, um, what's it called, all the university camps and meeting people. I think because I'm very big on meeting people, right? Getting to know people and all. Uh, it was something that I, I, I really was a bit salty about. Lah. But then if I like, to really ask myself what's really important to me, right? I think one thing that I asked myself at a point in time was that, was meeting people just for fun, uh, 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 is it intentional enough for me? Yeah, I think that's the one. Number two, whether is it uh, purposeful enough? Because I can meet everyone for fun. Man. I can even meet business people, network with them, and at the same time, have fun with them. Yeah, that was the mindset. Uh, so so that, that was me at the point of time. Then if, let's say, you were to really ask me what drives me every single day, right? To be really honest, I don't have a degree. So I there's no backup plan for me. And by putting yourself in a position where you do not have any backup plans, right? You have to make your initial plan work because that's your only plan. 
yeah so 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 that's me lah. so even with all the rejections and things like that i'm like uh whatever you can't fail uh, just gotta you it. have to make it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so actually speaking about you know all those people you're meeting right and then no recently nowadays i every time i open up my instagram there's always uh, a lot of mm. uh, student advisors nowadays like sharing Instagram stories, etc. And any thoughts on that? Especially since uh, all these guys, right? I think they're, they're pursuing like um, some very, very, uh, very re- reputable degrees at the same time, but but they chose to pursue this career. Like, do you, you feel the competition? Do you do you feel like, you know, what's, what's like keeping you ahead of these guys who supposedly some of them are like... Mm. Find they they are specialized in finance per se in our in our business degrees and our local universities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, when you talk about uh, student advisory, right? I mean, uh, there there are a few ways to look at it. Uh, definitely, it's everything there's pros and cons, lah. Yeah. So I mean, talking about pros is uh, these student advisors they are able to experience uh, my kind of career without the kind of uh, uh, commitment slash uh, uh, responsibility. Yeah. Why I say that is because in our line of work as a self-employed, I mean, you have to be accountable to almost everything. Lah. Yeah, but as a student, at a part of time, you are allowed to fail. Or rather, they have the mindset that they are allowed to fail. So, uh, that is a pro for them. However, a con right, for clients would be that in the event, if let's say the client were to be onboarded with this person or whatsoever, if let's say they choose to chase their degrees because it pays higher, then they are left, they are, they are being orphaned now, basically. Yeah, that means they do not have an advisor that, that serves them. So I think it depends on, on which side of the coin that, that you are looking at. Because some people will say, hey, but what if this career is, is, is going to make it for me? Then I won't leave for it. Yeah, but that's on the pretext that this person will work hard and stay. Yeah, so I mean, there's a lot. I mean, being a student advisor, there is a lot of uh, um, permutations. And I think with the lack of predictability at that point in time, uh, your clients would not be able to gain a certain form of assurance. Because if I were to ask you, like Branson, in the event, mm-hmm. if let's say uh, your uh, your agent, uh, rather you need your agent's help, but your agent need to go exam, like, like for example, <laughs> in, an, in an hour's time, right? Which, which one yeah. do you think the agent would prioritize? Probably the exam. <laughs> mm, yeah, law. Yeah, yeah, but so then again, there are people... Mm, oh, sorry, sorry. You, you, I was just trying to say like uh, actually this is like a very big factor as to why I, I, I wouldn't really consider like you know um, fi- student financial advisors just because of the fact that uh, they have other things on their plate and that their time is only so finite correct? Mm, yeah no, precisely mm-hmm. and I think to answer your other question right uh, what puts me ahead of the curve I think uh, other than being here for five years because I mean comparing to my natural friends right uh, uh, people around my age they probably just started but I already have about four full years worth of experience. That's one. And number two, I actually come from an independently owned financial advisory firm. So how different is that from a normal insurance company is that a normal insurance company can only distribute uh, 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 their company's products. For example, AIA can only sell AIA, AXA can only sell AXA, HSBC can only sell HSBC. Yeah. But I come from a place where we partner with more than 20 different uh, insurers in the market. So we can help clients uh, 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 compare and then make a non-biased solution. So, mm, and I think that's why I have a more competitive edge. Da. Yeah. J- Jerry, can I ask you, how, how does the... So, obviously, AIA, AXA, they're all right. They, they need to recruitment. They, they need you to sell their products, for example. So, how, how do they mm. incentivize you? How do they uh, structure the deal such that you compensate you guys fairly plus also them able to make a profit, for example? 
Mm. I think it depends on the different companies that you're in. Because, uh, for example, how, uh, 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 just now we mentioned insurance company, right? How an insurance company and how a financial, uh, independently owned financial advisory firm, how they are paid is very different. If you were to go further down, like for example, different agencies, different agencies are also paid very differently as well because dependent is very much dependent on the model that they're on. Yeah. So, uh, but but if I were to sum it up to earn earn money, so how to earn is by sale of every product, no? And through every sale of a product, you earn a certain amount of commission. So the more the bigger the the bigger the 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 amount of money the clients pay, right? The more commission you get, no? Generally, that's the case. Uh. Okay. And industry average, what is mm. like a percentage commissions uh, per se? Um, industry average, uh, let me think. Probably for the... If we're talking about... I think different products itself, right? Has a different kind of commission as well. But if I were to okay. really just give a blanket statement, maybe like 60-70%. Yeah, but for the first okay. two years only. Yeah. Okay. And then the, 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 mm-hmm. after the two years, there's no more recurring, uh, basically. Yeah, no more, no. I mean, there may be some, but very, very little. Like less than 1%, okay. that kind of 0.5%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also dependent on the kind of products you sell. Uh. Okay. Is it because after mm-hmm. two years, the lifetime value of a customer, like the customer leaves, or it's just because like that's they front load their acquisition cost by paying out 60, 70%? Mm-hmm. Very correct. aggressive. Correct, correct. Okay. Correct, correct, correct. Yeah. And I think also because the reason why there shouldn't be any more income for us is because after the six, after the first two years, right, uh, yeah. uh, the the distributor basically the insurance company has to take the monies to to insure the client's life. Yeah, okay. I mean that's how insurance work. Right? You pull yeah. all the money together. Then in the event if something going to happen, they pay out this person. You pay out that person. Dependent on yeah. the math and statistics that they run, right? Yeah. Okay. Can I ask your your independent? advisory firm you are joining as a uh, is it independent contractor or is it employee uh it's an independently owned financial advisory firm. okay so this is when things are a little bit tricky because i'm self-employed but yet i am employed mm. under the, the 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 company so it's, okay. yeah it's a, it's, a, it's a very gray area that i'm currently in uh. okay understand yeah, is, yeah. for you yourself right i mean you've you've uh i've known you for i know you can network I know you can talk. <laughs> I know you're very good people, right? So it's for you yourself, just personally, is it like, because I, I see, I don't know, top guys or whatever, they scale their own agency, right? Then they own, mm-hmm. uh, they train the staff, oh, sorry, not staff, agents, right? Below them, something like that. Mm-hmm. Is that a mm-hmm. goal or you want to take cash flow and then invest in another business, et cetera, et cetera? I think I want to do both, actually. I mean, right now I am, uh, 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 right now I'm actually, uh, I mean, I have a few mentees under me. Yeah, so I'm trying to groom them up. So uh, when they can stand on their own two feet, I think that's when I can take a step back. Lor. But definitely, mm. uh, uh, growing the agency is something that I have in mind. Lor. Yeah, but other than that, also growing other businesses as well. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, because I come from a background yeah, where sorry. I help my... Sorry, because I come from a background where I help my parents run their business. So uh, business is something that is always uh, uh, interesting to me. Mm. What happens when you have mentees? So because you are... Uh, you're not really the. Do you own shareholding in that advisory firm? No, right? No, 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 no. So what happens if you? So you must set up your own. Is it like a separate entity? Your oh, own agency? Actually, you don't is need it? to. 
Okay. Uh, you need to set up your own agency. Okay, dependent on which company they are in again. Uh, some companies, okay, so let's say you are already in an agency, right? Then while you're already in an agency, the people under you will just be tagged under your name, because then you'll be pushed up towards a managerial position. Okay. Mm, okay. And, and that's how it works. Huh? Yeah. But if you want to set up give, an agency yeah. by yourself, you can also. Okay. Do they give you shareholding in that the advisory firm? If they promote you, for example? Mm, no, not exactly. I mean, unless you're like senior management level, then that's a different story. Lah. Yeah, but as a very junior entry level, you don't. But how you earn via having people under you, right, is uh, via overriding. Basically, um, you earn a certain difference in percentage of, of the commissions that your that your that the people under you make, lor. Yeah. Okay, understand. Uh, present. I have just one question. I don't know if it's controversial or not, but I'm, especially mm. since I'm asking you. But uh, do you think there are any cons of having insurance? If if there's any, uh? cons are uh, have. I mean, I don't think it's cons of having insurance. Or rather cons of having like a bad insurance agent. Uh. Yeah, because usually it's your insurance <laughs> agent that yep. give you the wrong uh, insurance yeah. that result in having yeah. a con. Uh. Yeah. I mean oh, that that, that would be my that would be my thinking. Uh. But any cons of insurance is that uh, honestly I think sometimes maybe when you look at the contractual terms, uh you may be unable to claim because it is too strongly defined. Because if it's grey area, right, you can actually compete with, uh, you can contest with the insurer. But, but this is a bit technical. Lah. But then if, let's say, uh, it's a very strict line, right? For example, I think recently, due to, to the change of LIA, uh, uh, LIA recently made some changes. LIA basically stands for Life Insurance Association of Singapore. So they changed the, um, what did they change? Uh? Uh, they changed like the definitions of the critical illness conditions. Yeah. So in the past, I think, if you lost of hear, hearing or something like that, right, it's potentially considered like a disability or critical illness. I'm not too sure which one really. Yeah. But right now, you need to lose a certain amount of hearing. Like you need to, below, to be below a certain decibel. Like the amount of things you can hear must be below a certain decibel. Then it's considered. But if you are just maybe one or two above, it's, uh, it's a point for contention. Oh. Yeah. I guess that may potentially be a con. Yeah. Depends on which side that you are at. Because the good part about it is that once they draw such lines they are able to reprice the premiums and may potentially make it more affordable for for for, for clients yeah see i see so mm. so every like talk- action oh, is a reaction is the same thing yeah so earlier i think you talked about like having a bad insurance agent so i think it does it like uh, i would think that it will um closely relate to like Every individual, right? So, for example, if I'm an investor, I probably have like a portfolio of different, um, different types of financial instruments that I invest in based on my uh, risk profile or how much uh, assets I have, for instance. So, is there a similar concept yeah. for insurance? Like, as an individual, I need to hold like different percentage of this and that for in my in my insurance portfolio, for for instance. Mm, yeah, definitely. It's I mean, if I were to sum it up, basically, it just means like how many months of or years of income you want to be protected. Lah. For example, in the event of death, right, you would have a lot of liabilities on you. So for example, if let's say you want to provide the income for your wife or your husband for maybe like the next 30 to 40 years of their lives, to make it easier for them to, to mourn your lossing and at the same time don't need to worry about money, then you need to calculate the numbers. Oh. Yeah, so everything is all math, lah, actually. 
Yeah, like for example, critical illness. You get, if we look at the uh, statistics, uh, most people pass on within five to ten years. For example, if let's say those really who who recover probably uh, longer, if they can last longer, then perfectly okay lah. So then throughout this uh, period of five to ten years, uh, do we have sufficient amount of money with coverage to provide for the loss of income? Yeah, basically just math lah. Hmm. So does this, I mean, does this mean that I have to like uh, maybe like every once in a while. Or something I need to like you know sort of like rebalance my insurance depending on I the context of where I am way. today. Oh, I see. Correct. I see. I think yeah, because for example, if let's say right now maybe you sign up an insurance package when you are a student, maybe one million dollars yeah. sounds quite okay because that's your economic life value, basically the amount of money that you earn in your lifetime, right? Like very bare minimum. Um, but maybe in in time to come when you become like a CEO level, earning forty thousand dollars a month. It doesn't make sense for you to just insure one million dollars because you would have earned that money in less than four years' time. Oh yeah, yeah. So as, mm. as I proceed with like my life stages, I probably need to like adjust what I have to reflect my economic value. <laughs> correct, correct. But also that is very much dependent on your health at that point in time, lor. Yeah, mm, true. Jerry, can I ask the? I know the industry is very highly regulated, right? Even on this podcast, you can't mm. say some things. Like how how does mm-hmm. the the body how do they like what can you not say or <laughs> like what is the line being drawn yeah and financial advice yeah oh, interesting actually there's a lot of things that I cannot say like for example I cannot talk about specific products I cannot talk about uh uh, uh what kind of stocks to buy I cannot talk okay. about uh, NFTs definitely I mean whatever I say can't be constituted as financial advice lah so I have to give that disclaimer almost every single time yeah okay. I can't uh talk about other like I can talk about other insurance products like hey, why is this company better than the other company these kind of things I cannot talk uh, I cannot say uh, share openly because it is very subjective for different uh, uh, different profiles of people so for example if let's say right now maybe Jonathan you and Branson same age however one is a smoker one is a non-smoker the same advice can't be applied to the both of you because one company may be better for smoker one company can be better for non-smoker. Yeah. So a lot of things are actually. Mm. Okay. So basically, can't shit talk other companies. <laughs> can't, can't pit, pit uh, companies against each other and cannot mm-hmm. recommend stuff lah, on a uh, like mass market open broadcast. But on an individual mm-hmm. basis, can give advice. Is that correct? Uh, I'll, I mean, advice for products, yes. Lah. Products under my, 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 my expertise. So, for example, for stocks, right? So, even though as advisors, we are supposedly acquainted with the knowledge of stocks, not every advisor do. Yeah, and because stocks itself is not something that we are trained to study. We are not basically not trained to study that. Yeah, so, how to read the profit, profit uh, P&L statements or things like that, how to read through the business cash flow, all this kind of stuff, right, uh, are not being trained. It's something that we uh, requires um, learning. Oh, by yourself la. like self self learning mm. but technically if you are sitting down with a client right then he's he or she yeah. is telling you their specific problem to their situation so in that case if mm. they ask you something technically you 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 can give a recommendation right you can give advice because it's specific to them is that correct financial advice specific to them yes how and okay. uh and, and products that that i can represent yes i yep. can so like for example okay. i don't sell stocks man I don't yeah. sell stocks. I'm not a stock broker, so I can't talk about stocks. Oh, I see. Yeah. 
Mm. But then, uh, because I, I'm on, you know, on Instagram, a lot of uh, financial advisors I know they're also sharing like what's inside their stock portfolio, that kind of stuff. Is, is that, that doesn't cross any boundaries, like, like what they are buying? No, doesn't no, cross no, any no boundaries. that doesn't. Because, because it's what I'm buying, not what, I, it's not that I'm you telling buy. you to buy this. Yeah. yeah, correct. Oh, okay. As long as you don't ask someone to buy this, that is not, hmm. uh, that, that, that is not within your uh, license or product uh, domain. Yeah, yeah. Got it. So, speaking about NFTs, I see I see your profile picture in like Instagram. You're using you you have a Moonbird. Oh, those those aren't. Yeah, yeah. Those are those are pretty cool, man. Like it's not cheap. Like why 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 do you like like NFTs that much? Do you, do you do you feel that uh it's the future? I mean, I mean, I know you can't you can't say financial advice, but this is like uh, okay. what, what you what you bought. Okay, <laughs> personally, I feel right when we talk about NFTs, right? NFT is a super risky. I wouldn't even say it's an asset class. Yeah. I'll say it's just damn <laughs> damn risky. Yeah, basically, it's gambling, la. So if you're into <laughs> NFTs, right, I think ninety percent of you love gambling, and probably ten percent of you actually enjoys the tech, la. That's that's personally uh, how yeah. I feel. Yeah. But if we were, if we were to talk about NFTs as a as a as a as a whole in 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 broad broad view, right? I think when we talk about the tech itself, I am very bullish about that. Yeah, because can you just imagine if let's say you have this kind of blockchain technology being inbuilt into insurance? So for example, if I want to trigger a claim, I can straight away tell hey, whether does this client actually have any form of a specific past incidents or whatsoever. Uh, you can you can uh, reduce the intermediary. Like for example, you don't need to go through an agent to help you claim anymore. But you can just file your claim immediately, directly to the to the source and then uh, you get paid out. La. But that also means that they'll remove people like me. La. Yeah. And if that happens, I'm quite happy. Yeah. Because it goes to show that our society is moving. You get what I mean? Yep. Sure. But, but if... So I think there's a lot of uses of blockchain, right? Like even in like, um, say verification of uh property transfers, art, yeah, art ownership, uh, medical, healthcare, etc. But then, I I feel like nowadays, right? Like people still focus too much on the speculation side of things and the gambling, the gambling. Oh yeah, definitely. And, definitely. Yeah, and then there's a lot of like rug pulls here and there. Like I think even. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but recently one of those blue chip uh, NFT projects like Azuki, I think one of the mm-hmm. founders turned out to be, uh, he actually started three rather uh, suspicious projects in the past. So, mm-hmm. for, so how, how do you think like, uh, like for example, normal people like yourself, right? How, how would you mm-hmm. uh, protect yourself? I mean, gambling is one thing, but uh, if some people like really mm-hmm. like the space, like the art, like the, block, the tech, do you think it's, it's still possible to protect themselves? Besides just honestly, you know, just okay. Camping? I think um, okay. I think with regards to the question, uh, we can do as much research as we want. Yeah. However, right, uh, 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 research doesn't mean everything. Yeah, you may still lose your money actually. Yeah, like for example, I I did invest in Gary Vaynerchuk's uh, uh, NFT. I bought it at four E. At the point of time, it was zero point five. Uh, it went all the way to 25 ETH, probably about like $120,000 at the point in time, US dollars. Uh, uh, right now, it's about 7 ETH. Yeah. So, so NFT is how much? Actually, sorry. Yeah. 4 ETH at that point in time when I spent was about 12K USD. Yeah. So, I spent 12K <laughs> USD. It went all the way Whoa. to about 125K USD. Okay. Yeah, almost a 10X. La. Yeah. But then now, it's currently back down at like uh, 20K. 
I think. Yeah. About there. Eh? 14k USD actually. 7 times 2. Yeah, 14k USD. Mm. Oh. Yeah, so even the best projects, the best founders, the best teams, it's, also, it's still susceptible to this kind of price volatility. But speaking uh, definitely, of... Definitely, because it's yeah. all speculation. Mm. Speaking of V friends, you went to the conference, right? How was it? How was the vibes? How were people oh, feeling? I haven't, I haven't been there yet. Uh, uh, friends, oh. <laughs> uh, friends conference. Uh, it's got, it's gonna appear. It's gonna happen in the next uh, two days. Yeah. So in two days, I'll be meeting Gary Vaynerchuk, Steve Aoki, Tom Bilyeu, the founder of Quest Nutrition, uh, uh Logan Paul, Mr. Beast, and Snoop Dogg, Pharrell, all the big names now. Mm. What's, oh, what's what, the purpose what, what, of the yes, Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Do you hear me, Jerry? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, you were saying? Yeah, what's the purpose of the conference, actually? Okay, I think, right, the purpose of conference, I think it depends on how you look at it. For my, my own purpose, go there is to do some form of networking. I think the purpose uh, from Gary is to be able to uh, uh, bring like-minded people together. Yeah, because when we talk about the name V Friends, right, uh, yeah. it's Gary's V's Friends. And he wants to create a meetup for all his friends to come together. Yeah, and... And he wants to do that intentionally, from what I believe. Okay. Uh. And that's, I think, he wants to um, leverage on his own personal network for us to learn different perspectives, for us to learn and things like that. No? Mm. I guess How many people are actually ask me. going to the conference? I think the tickets are almost about 10,000 tickets. Yeah, like the, oh, almost about, I thought uh, you the have maximum to have capacity a, yeah. is 10,000 people. You don't even need the NFT. Uh. You just can buy a ticket. Or okay, you must we have the... need to... We need to first have the NFT. The NFT will give you a ticket. Then after okay. that, that ticket can be resold <laughs> okay. in the second in the in the open in the secondary market. Yeah. Oh wow. We can resell the tickets. <laughs> I didn't know that. Mm, correct. Also oh, it's like something like the bot ape, how the structure works. It? Like they give you the free ape coins, for example, then you can do whatever you want with it. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically correct. Also, yeah. Ah. Okay. Wow. So what 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 will you guys be be doing actually? So we're just just hearing talks, speeches, etc. Yeah, actually, I think it's really more of like a business market marketing, uh, networking kind of a convention. Yeah, because you and probably about NFTs as well, because you get to learn people, uh, learn from people from different spaces. Uh, like for example, we have Kevin Rose, uh, the founder of uh, of Proof Collective, the, the founder mm-hmm. of Moonbirds, like, basically. Hmm. Yeah, I get to learn different perspectives from all around. Like. So it's very community driven at this point of time. Like I mean, the, the scene is so new, right? Everything is still developing yeah. day by day. Now, now it's really dependent on trust and conviction and community building, correct? Yeah, correct. So, because honestly speaking, like right now, I think even the SEC or even let's say in Singaporean context, MAS has not even regulated anything. Yeah, so everything right can go to can go to zero. So people ask me, "Hey, Jerry, should I buy it or not?" And I say. You shouldn't lah, because everything going to zero. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, unless you want to gamble your money, which is potentially already going to zero, right? Yeah. Then okay lah, go for it. So basically, only only put money, I won't even say invest, only put money uh, into it if you're willing to lose it all. Yeah, yeah. but more often than not, people sing in their life savings, which is quite sad lah. Yeah, especially. I think I'm going to lose my my, so I bought the NFT uh, I think a mm. few weeks back I think I'm going to lose it <laughs> I bought the I bought the Undead Pastel Club just because I like the art that, that's all but I think 
as a project itself, right, it doesn't have a lot of uh, you no know, grounds and bases. It's just based off another another project. So yeah, so I'm prepared oh, to lose call it, it all. Der- derivatives, or yeah, they yeah, call yeah. it derivatives. I don't think there's any much utility to what that my the the project that I bought have, but just in for the art. <laughs> That's like a meme I nowadays. Understand. I mean, that that art. could be a, that that could be another another uh, uh uh thing that that people are buying NFTs for. But then to me, it's like if you buy art purely for art, I would say not exactly because I am in for the financial capital gain, lah. Definitely. Mm, That's yeah. true. Mm. Jerry, I mean, you, yeah, you, yeah, you, you drop 12k technically for a network and a mastermind, right? I mean, that, that's how I see it because you're getting access to yeah. that network for 12k. Yes, that, that was how I rationalized it because dropping 12k <laughs> on, a, on, a, yeah, on, a, on a JPEG doesn't make sense, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Is, that, is that tax deductible? I'm just asking. No, 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 no. I don't think it's no. tax deductible. No, no, no. Oh. It, it shouldn't be. Yeah, I doubt okay. so. It, I, I know, right. I, I saw that you got a. Like a meetup with other people in Singapore as well, right? Uh, like yeah. other people in Singapore, like why why do they buy NFTs? Why do they buy NFTs? Same same reason, not they in it for the financial capital gain, while at the same time they are passionate about the tech, but they're more passionate about the money, lah. Uh, that's that's okay. for sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> are there any other businesses you drop twelve K in <laughs> to invest in startups uh, I mean, or something? No la, there are la, but then uh some some of the NDA la. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, got it. Got mm. it. But but I, I did buy a lot of NFTs. Uh, if you're talking about NFTs, then yeah, I buy a lot of different other projects, lah. Okay, got it. Hmm, I bought quite a bit of projects actually, like quite too many. <laughs> but but you're in for the tech. You like the tech, and plus it gives you the networking opportunities. Why not, right? Yeah. So, but other so, than that, I'm just flipping. Oh. Uh, I'm just trying to flip up. I'm trying to like side hustle, you know. So in the day I'm working, <laughs> then at night I'm also working as well. Yeah. Oh, but you need to switch that mentality. Eh? Like it, during the day you have to advise people uh, what to do with their their life savings. Then at night, right, you you have to be very quick to switch your your mentality, your your the state you are in to be able to flip 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 uh this kind of <laughs> JPEG. I think it's not too much of a, I think it's not too much. I think it's not too much of an issue. I think at the start, because I mean, with the expertise, uh, with the work that I'm doing, I think it's generally quite, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's in my nature already. Yeah. It to be risk adverse. Yeah. So now that mm-hmm. I've used up the risk adverse portion, right, then I can be as risky as I want uh, after, after, after 10 mm-hmm. PM or something like that. Yeah. Plus you're, 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 you're not like betting your whole life savings, that kind of stuff. It's money that you can afford. Uh, no, I cashed uh, out. I cashed out my capital already. Oh, so you're playing with your profits. At this point. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nice. Jerry, how, how do you structure your day? Uh? Like, uh, I always know that running a business is like, to me, like 80% of your time is like revenue generating activity. Then the rest is just like, uh, you know, admin stuff, all the boring stuff. But you yourself, you, yeah. are, you are technically like a personal brand, right? Technically, uh, right? Because yeah. you can't leverage yeah. under, yeah. So how, how do you uh, allocate your time? Yeah. Mm, how do I allocate my time? Honestly speaking, I think, uh, when you talk about, uh, I mean, the personal brand they are talking about, right? Uh, so it's very much dependent on me. So my mental sanity has to be like in top one condition mm. before I yeah. do anything. La. Yeah. So I mean, personally, I think in the morning, I would just like, read my book, go for exercise, 
then uh, I'll start my appointments from noon time. Lo. Yeah, then from noon all the way to like, uh, probably like 8, 9 p.m. Yeah, mm. then afterwards, I'll go do my NFT stuff. Yeah. So generally, that's how that's how my day that's how how my day flows now. Mm. Okay. Do you actually have to like travel to a client's house? No, right? People do Zoom nowadays. Right? Oh, uh, right now I can just do Zoom all the way already. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Mm. nice. Yeah. Now I just do Zoom all the way because it's more uh, efficient. Yeah. Okay. Because like in the past, I probably can maximum meet maybe like five people in a day if I was to meet them face to face. Yeah. But right now I can almost meet like twelve people in a day, and I still have time for myself. Have you yeah. have you gotten to the point where you hire a personal assistant, like so you handle all the admin so that your mind is just you know one track focus on? Mm. Yeah, I mean I I have someone helping uh, helping me with it now, yeah. So that I mean I wouldn't say all the admin because there are some things that I also need to oversee, but they'll mm. just help me. Uh, uh, she'll just help me with all the more mindless stuff, lor, I, I would say in my opinion, mindless lah. It's something that I don't like to do lah. Yeah. Yeah. Ask you a very specific. Sorry, Brandon. Ask you a very specific marketing related question. Huh? So I, yeah, I see, certainly. for example, if I see you, right? If if I were you, if I was an insurance agent, I would just go and create like content and just target all of the bottom of funnel traffic or the keywords that people are searching mm-hmm. for about insurance and stuff like that. And then I'll just dominate that entire YouTube on that. But I don't see like mm-hmm. any insurance people doing that. Is that because uh highly regulated or just people are not comfortable on highly regulated? Okay. I think generally highly regulated because once you step onto social media, and if you were to talk about the highly searchable keywords, right, you can do you can say some things, but some things um may be contestable, yeah. And when you are in a point of contention, it generally doesn't do you any good, lah. Yeah, because you'll be in a limelight and attention, and then when MAS comes in, uh, um, but MAS is doing their job. I mean, their their job is to make sure that. Uh, no wrong advice is given and that Singaporeans are or rather the people in Singapore are protected so that's their main uh, focus and aim lah. Yeah, I mean other than with AML uh, any money laundering and all this kind of stuff their purpose is to uphold uh, standards yeah so there are a lot of agents out there who actually doesn't exactly um, say things in line with their standards then that is when yes things will be an issue lah. Yeah, because imagine, let's say I, I tell you, hey, Jonathan, you should buy cryptocurrency in the capacity as an advisor. I think that is one red flag and I'll immediately be flagged out because cryptocurrency is not even uh, recognized as an as, asset in Singapore yet. Yeah. Okay. And so if, if MES actually comes after you, what happens? They revoke the license and you just cannot practice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Life? You lose your job. Okay. Yeah, precisely. Okay. Yeah, Do they give you any like chances? Lose your license for life. Uh, I think it depends on the severity oh. of the incident. Uh, maybe if let's say you just post a story, then maybe yes, you got like one warning, something like that. I'm not too sure about the schematics, but uh, uh, if let's say if it's uh, giving advice to other people, if it's um, if it's uh, for example helping people with fraud, uh, that one immediately your license just gets revoked, <laughs> No question oh, asked. Yeah. yeah. Do you think the insurance space in Singapore it's is it a good state or there can always be improvements to whatever's going define on? Define good state, Branson. Like yeah, uh, define good state. You feel that uh everybody is doing their job well. You don't see like you you know, people like in the past they used to like stigmatize insurance agents, right? Do you still see? Do you still feel that same stigmatization, or you think things are improving 
uh, people see actually definitely there will be stigma. There will be stigma. I think dependent on which industry you go, there will be stigma. Even like being a doctor, medicine, there will also be stigma, ma. Yeah, like for example, uh, like like the what's that cosmetic surgery? Yeah. Oh yes. Even though yes, it's for 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 yeah, it is. There's also stigma. So I think it's very dependent on how you look at it. Uh, but yeah, I I would say it's but it's much lesser than before. Because last time insurance is something that was not understood by, oh, yeah, there's no such word understood. Um, uh, people can't uh, uh, people can't understand insurance at a point in time because they're not educated. But right now, even though you may not be uh, educated about insurance, you are acquainted with the knowledge of what it is, what what is for basically. Mm. Yeah, but if you were to comparing the Singapore's space to UK, right? I'll say that Singapore, or rather, you compare Singapore to America. Singapore is still very very slow. Yeah, why I say that is because oh. uh, you are uh, when you talk about uh, uh, insurance, like for example, insurance companies like uh, in in America, basically like a lemonade. Lemonade is a is a company that actually removes people like me. Yeah, and so that everybody can actually buy insurance at a at a click of a button. So that's lemonade for you. It's more of like a robo insure tech firm, I would say. Mm. Yeah, then uh, in the UK, for example. That that from my understanding is there is no more, uh, uh, agents who are selling purely prudential products. That is from what I heard last year. For example, in Singapore, we still have prudential agents, but in UK, right, almost most of them are moving towards independent financial advisory. Yeah, so the space is a bit different because in Singapore we're still a little bit traditional, but uh, I guess it, it as when when time catches up, we will move very quickly now. Especially with the development of fintech, aren't you worried about disruptions to your career? Like, do you, do you feel worried? Mm. If disruption comes, it'll probably come quite okay, fast I, also, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it depends on how you look at it then. I mean, because to me, it's like there's neither, uh, 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 pro, it's not, there's neither right or wrong. Everything, there's a pro, pros and cons. Lah. So if, let's say, if, uh, if tech were to come in, it disrupts the industry. People who don't solve problems will get removed out of the ecosystem, which is a good thing for me because if you are still in the system, it pushes your authority and position even higher. So that's how I look at it. Yeah. So basically, if you constantly try to think of ways to solve problems, you shouldn't be worried about the 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 potential disruption because that just means that you are you are thinking from a from a mindset of scarcity. Yeah. yeah, but if let's say you are looking at, eh, hey, how can I then use this, use uh, turn this uh, crisis uh, to an opportunity, then that will be a different story, lah. Because um, um, I'm not too sure if you heard of the word weiji, uh, weiji. Yeah. Okay, for our uh, non-Chinese uh, uh, listeners, right? Weiji basically means like crisis, lah. Uh, in every crisis, there's an opportunity. In every way, there's a way and there's a zihui, lah. So basically, there's that, lah. Yeah, so that's that's the mindset that I have. Top one percent, Jen. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> okay, I think uh, this is one question, right? Like how we usually try to end off our all of our episodes is we want to ask all of our guests this one question. So, which CEO are you following today? Uh, which CEO? <laughs> yeah, my 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 CEO of my company. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, is there a reason why? No la, I mean, I mean, there are a lot of other CEOs. I mean, why I believe in my CEO is because like, he's a, someone that's very convicted. And I think I joined the company because of him. 
Because before I entered the insurance industry, right, I went to 18 different companies for interview. And I think he was the one who captivated me because he didn't talk about profits. He didn't talk about uh, money. He didn't talk about how much fast cars you can drive. But rather, it's about the amount of learning that you can learn as a person, which I really gravitate towards to. That's why I, 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 I joined this company. Lah. Yeah, but I think other than that, right, is that uh, other CEOs, I mean, Gary Vaynerchuk, I mean, definitely, right? Yeah, that, I mean, why I love him is because of the hustle mentality that he always uh, try to inbuilt in people and the amount of self-awareness he's trying to build, uh, help to build in people as well. So like recently, I was um, being given this uh, uh, mindset, lah. you can be ambitious yet humble at the same time. But more often than not, in a Singaporean context, when you're ambitious, you're aggressive. When you're aggressive, you're arrogant. You're not humble. So it's just words that we're trying to disassociate and yet associate to bring more meaning towards life. Law. Yeah, and that's the reason why I, I listen. I, I really uh, enjoy Gary's content. Yeah. Thank you so much for your generous sharing, man. It's been a... Uh... Very good for session. So one last thing. How how can people reach you or find out more about you if they are keen to know more or just have a talk? Oh, I mean, you can just pop onto my Instagram. I mean, it's J-E-R-R-E-H-T-A-N. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I do almost everything on Instagram. So yeah, that's it, man. Right. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, this is Jerry Tan once again and thank you all for listening. Okay, Ken. Thanks, Jerry, for your time. Mm, thank you. Thanks, guys.